I genuinely think that one of the worst forms of crime in this world is child abuse. And even though I come across a lot of cases when I'm making my podcast, child abuse is just something that always gets to me. Join me today as I dive into this case in which a 10-year-old girl died in the hands of her own family. Hello and welcome to 90 Minute Escape. And let's get right into this episode. Today's case is about Amy Lynn Dill. She was born in Pennsylvania in July of 2000. Her mother's name is Shirley Dill and at the time when Amy was born, Shirley was married to a man by the name of David. But apparently Shirley was seeing another man whilst with David so even though David is listed as Amy's father on her birth certificate, it's still not 100% certain that he is her father. Shirley and David had two other kids that were born before Amy. This family moved around quite a lot. There was a time when Shirley and the kids were living in Pennsylvania together without David and then later on Shirley, David and all the kids were living together in Texas. When they were in Texas, the family was living together with David's mother Judith and David's sister Cynthia. Shirley does claim that she was abused by David's family and that at one point they even kicked her out of the house and she had to move to Kansas. Even though Shirley says that David's family treated her badly, she says that they never abused the kids. My first thought is that how do you move to a whole other city without your child? I mean, if it was me, if you're kicking me out, I'm taking my kids with me. Especially if they're suspicious about who the father is. But I don't know, I'm not in that situation, so maybe I can't say. There was a point in time when the family was living in Phoenix and some of their neighbors said that they saw Amy being abused. Apparently, they would see Amy being forced to walk back and forth on the sidewalk for hours. This alone seems like, okay, that's annoying, but maybe not really abuse. But the thing is that they lived in Phoenix and the weather there is pretty hot. Amy was walking barefoot on the sidewalk in extremely hot weather. When that sun hits the concrete, you know that's going to be freaking hot. And I cannot imagine being forced to walk back and forth there for no reason. When we learn more about Amy's story and how she was treated, we get the idea that she was treated really badly by her family and the abuse came in so many forms. There were times when Amy was beaten with a paddle which they called the bad buster. And I honestly can't believe or comprehend this but there was a time when Amy was forced to eat hot sauce and dog feces. This is so messed up on so many levels. I don't know how you can let another human being and in this case a child do that. Amy was supposedly given these punishments for reasons such as lying or stealing food. And listening to these reasons it just makes me even more sad because it makes me feel like she was stealing food maybe because she was hungry. There were also times when Amy was forced to sleep in the shower stall. She slept there without any beddings or anything like that. She was made to do this because she had wet her bed. I mean, what the hell, she's a child and children wet their bed sometimes. I get the feeling that these people don't really understand what a child is and how they behave. I mean, there are many times when kids take things when they're not supposed to. Stop eating candy, you're gonna rot your teeth or don't wet your bed. You don't just freaking let the child sleep in the shower without any beddings or anything like that or let them walk around in the freaking hot weather without shoes 
Because his family often moved from city to city, it makes me think that maybe this is why the police never caught on to what was going on in their house. When the family was living in Wisconsin, Child Protective Services were called and this is because of, quote, disgusting conditions of their house. I don't even want to know what that means. When the family was living in Utah, school officials claimed that they reported many incidents of abuse and neglect of the children to authorities. School officials said that Amy and her siblings would often come to school filthy. Apparently, they often had head lice and Amy once had cut urine in her shoes. School officials said that they thought Amy was a scapegoat for her family. I just hope that they didn't get teased at school because I think we all know that kids can be really mean at times, but when you're showing up like this, it's just like she had a red target on her back, just making things even more worse than they could be. Once the family did settle in Phoenix, the children were supposedly homeschooled. And distancing children from the world and from school is one of the most common indicators of abuse. This is such a red flag to me. Once you see those parents start like taking those children out of the school and say that we're going to homeschool them, it's like, do you just want to hide all the signs of abuse from teachers? I believe this was around the time when Shelley was apparently kicked out of the house and David, on the other hand, was apparently living at the back of the family's rental home. He was living in a tent with his two other children and it's said that his other children were not abused like Amy was. So if David is not living in the house and his children are not living there too, who the hell is living in the house? Amy was living in the house with her grandmother Judith and her aunt Cynthia, who was her legal guardian. I wonder how they were even able to get official guardianship of Amy. Don't they have to do like checks and stuff to do that? No? Also living in the house was Cynthia's daughter Samantha and her son-in-law John, who were both around 23 years old. So technically, Samantha was David's niece. Apart from the four adults living around the house, there were also about 12 or more children living in the house. Yeah, 12 or more children. I don't even know if these are all their kids biologically. That's just crazy. On July the 12th of 2011, police officers were called to Amy's house. The police found her dead in a small footlocker. She had been suffocated to death. Now, when I was reading this case, I didn't even know what a footlocker was. But when I went and researched it, I was shocked. A footlocker is basically like one of those trunks that you see. Um, you know these guys in the army when they have like this little box in front of their bed? That is basically the footlocker. And the only other time I've ever seen this is with uh, people who go to boarding school. I don't know if it's the same around the world, but they normally have like this little like foot lockers or trunks where they keep their stuff in there. And it's just so crazy how she could have been in this thing. Well, obviously the police had questions just like I do. Questions such as, well, what the hell happened here? Why is a 10-year-old girl suffocated in a trunk? The family initially told the police that Amy was playing hide and seek and she locked herself in the trunk the night before and that apparently happened whilst the adults were asleep first of all how do you lock yourself in a foot locker maybe i'm crazy but aren't the locks found on the outside 
unless there's some new kind of technology of automatically locking trunks or some type of safe like technology because that just doesn't make sense to me because what i know is that you need to physically lock it with the padlock on the outside i don't know how amy can do that when she's inside of it they all claim that they just found amy dead like that the next day the police felt like something was fishy because amy was very dirty and she had bruises on her legs the bruises went like oh she fell down and scraped her knee or something like that they were in a way that showed that amy was forced into the trunk the question now is that who out of these four adults and 12 plus children forced amy into this trunk the police interrogated the family and eventually samantha and john confessed the police interrogated the family and eventually samantha and john confessed <sighs> The police interrogated the family and eventually Samantha and John confessed to locking Amy in the trunk. They said that they did this as a form of punishment because Amy took a popsicle without permission. They said she was chronically hungry. I'm shook right now. Over a freaking popsicle, you locked up a little girl in a trunk. She's only 10. She's a child. Like no words can explain how messed up that is. That is not okay. So Amy was about 4 feet, 2 inches and 59 pounds. She was squeezed into a trunk which was only 3 feet by 1 foot 2 inches and a foot deep. The dimensions of this trunk are smaller than her. This is how you know that she did not comfortably get into this trunk. She literally had to be squeezed into this trunk. Before Amy was forced into the trunk, she was forced to do jumping jacks, back bends and to run around in 103 degree heat for over an hour after all that she had done she was then put into the trunk and they padlocked it their methods of punishments are already extreme i don't know why you would have to lock her up after everything that she's already done i mean 103 degree weather we hear about how people pass out or die from heat stroke and these guys had amy out there running around and doing jumping jacks in all that heat and then still felt the need to lock her up after that i can only imagine just how exhausting that would have been all you could want after doing something like that is just go inside grab a cold glass of water and lie down and have yourself a good cry but instead these guys squeezed her into a trunk the thought of what Amy went through is just heartbreaking. David and his family claimed that Amy was not his daughter. The police also claimed that the family abused Amy because they did not believe that she was a blood relative, which is no freaking reason to mistreat her. What does Amy have to do with whatever messy relationship her parents had? I mean, no shade, but like, what does she have to do with it? And if you guys really didn't want her, why can't you just call her mom or something to come and pick her up? During the investigation, the police talked to the kids in the house as well. The police claimed that the other children sometimes instigated situations to get Amy in trouble. The children were also allegedly persuaded to lie to the police about how Amy ended up in the footlocker. When they were asked about why Amy was treated so badly, Apparently they said she was mentally a little slow but that's it. She was mentally a little slow but that's it. I'm not gonna say much on the claims about the children in the house because I don't know how old the children were. 
And, well, they are children after all. The police claimed that they had been persuaded to lie. So, I mean, who knows what else they could have been persuaded to do. And children pick up on things around them. Like if they grow up thinking that Amy is our family's designated punching bag, they would probably go around asking all their friends that, who's your designated punching bag in your family? You don't have one? What? I thought that was a normal thing that just every family has. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but kids have got that thing where they just normalize messed up situations just because they've grown up in that. So I can't really tell on the kids. I'm just going to skip over that. Witnesses also said that the children of the family were often seen wandering the streets until very late at night with hardly any clothes on. On occasions, they were out without diapers or shoes. One neighbor said that he saw the babies in high chairs eating food right outside the house late at night, which is weird, but okay. Samantha and John were arrested for murder and their bail was set at $1 million each, which is understandable because they did confess to putting Amy in the trunk. Judith, his mother, and Cynthia, his sister, were also arrested for child abuse and kidnapping because they both admitted to locking Amy in the trunk in the past. Their bond was set at $500,000 each. A couple of days after their arrest, David asked a couple of his friends and family for money to bail out his mother and sister. And I'm just like, wait, your mother and sister are arrested for child abuse of your child and you bail them out of jail. That is so insane. He really went through the trouble to find the money to get them out of jail. I mean, $500,000 each. Even though you have doubts about this child being your daughter, like, dude, come on. Like, what? David was not charged with the death of his daughter, but he did plead guilty to attempted abuse, and he was sentenced to 14 years in prison. In August of 2011, Judith and Cynthia were charged with numerous counts of child abuse. Judith pleaded guilty to attempted child abuse, and she was sentenced to 10 years in prison with a lifetime of probation. Cynthia got 24 years and she was given a lifetime of probation as well. John and Samantha were charged with first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit child abuse and many other counts of child abuse. Prosecutors intended on seeking the death penalty for both of them. Samantha was sentenced to death by lethal injection for first-degree murder. She was also given 74 years in prison for child abuse and conspiracy to commit child abuse. She is one of the only three women on death row in Arizona. John Allen was found guilty of murder and he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. This was a really hard case to read about. All the cases that I come across, like I said, are messed up, but there's just something about child abuse cases. I don't know. They just get to me. Amy was a 10-year-old girl. She barely got a chance to experience life. And it just sucks because her short life was just full of pain. I can't even come to comprehend what type of pain she could have gone through physically, mentally. That's just tough and a lot for a young girl to go through. This is why they say that not everyone is meant to have children because if you're looking up a child in a trunk because they store a popsicle, maybe you don't really understand what it means to be a kid or what it means to be a parent or a guardian. Kids don't know any better. 
That's why we parent kids as in you actually teach and help to create a person who will be a functional adult. You don't just punish and punish and punish for whatever reason. That's just insane. Talking about how they didn't know if Amy was David's child, like, what the hell does Amy have to do with that? That's all I have to say. What the hell does she have to do with that? She does not have to pay for whoever's mistakes. I don't know if it's her mother's mistakes or even if there were mistakes. We don't know what their relationship was about. Maybe that was their thing. Who knows? If you guys really did not want her, why couldn't you just find someone else to take her in? Or call her mother or her mother's relatives? I don't know. Honestly, when I even start to talk about it even more, it's just I don't see how things could have even been better for Amy. I feel... Everyone around her just failed her and she was just dealt some of the worst cards that anyone could ever have. Because what if her mother actually didn't want her? What if none of her relatives actually didn't want her? I mean, she was already living with her father's relatives. We don't know what the hell her mother's relatives were like. And even if we say you could have like given her up and put her in the system, we hear so many horror stories about kids who end up in the foster system, not just in America, all around the world. Other countries don't have that good of a foster system, but there are orphanages that we hear about. And even in those places, we hear horror stories. So it's just like, just horrible. It's just like she was just dealt the worst cards. I don't know how things could have even been better. Unless she just had a whole different set of people around her. And it's just so sad to think about. Amy didn't deserve to get all this horrible treatment and to just have her life full of all this pain. Well, we can't change the past, but I hope that by sharing these stories and by learning from these stories, we can find ways to help the children out there that are in bad situations and how to get them out of that bad situation and put them into a good one. Because truth is, not everyone is gonna have a happy family that's just the way the world is not everyone gets to have a loving mother and father and have that type of family we have messed up people in this world and what happens when those messed up people have children they become messed up parents it's just reality it's there it happens but it's just so freaking upsetting because these kids are innocent they don't deserve it Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening and please tune in next time for my next episode. Just remember that there's still so much good out there in the world and please go out there and be the good that you want to see in the world. Bye.